Hello and welcome to the NVR podcast number 25. I'm Rachel Elmer. And I'm Peter Jacob. And today we're talking about sending a signal, question mark. Or two or three, question marks. Or two or three, question marks. So Peter, we were just talking and planning this this session. Do you want to say a little bit more how we came to this topic? Yeah, well... The other day, uh, I got an email from a colleague in Denmark, and I'll call her Sabina. Uh And Sabina um, is a psychologist who who works with NVR, and she provides consultation to a residential home uh, or, or group you know, with uh, several kids, uh, which is part of a larger residential organization uh, in Copenhagen. And um, I'll say it's Copenhagen. It's actually another town. And it seemed from the email, it was quite a long email, that Sabina um, felt sort of in a quandary Um, And what she wrote was that the team felt after an assault, quite a serious assault, physical assault, by one of the the young men on a carer, that they need to send a signal to him. So after the assault, he ran. He ran away. He was... um, He was uh, found by the police and detained. When I say young man, he's about 15. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he, they, they, they felt for some reason that he needs to go into a secure unit. He needs to be detained in a secure unit for an indefinite period of time as a signal. And um, I got the sense that Sabina struggled with that. And Sabina wrote that she, she sort of gets the need to send a signal, um, but that she personally would opt for a very limited period of time in the secure unit for, you know, for maybe two days. And also she would like to recommend that the team welcomes this young man, this boy, this teenager, back into the group warmly when he is released from the secure accommodation. Um... Sabina also mentioned that there is a there seems to be a clash in the culture of the organization. So the larger organization is very behaviorally oriented. They mm. they feel that one must respond to behavior problems, to aggression with consequences. And um when young people behave well, they must be rewarded. Um, 
and that care plans must be developed on the basis of those principles. And there is a sense that I gleaned from the, from the email, rightly or wrongly, that perhaps some of the team members may feel the need to be seen to be tough by people in the larger organization, perhaps by more senior management. So that, that's, that was the starting point. And I just felt it throws up so many important questions for not just our practice of NVR, but for nonviolence in general and mm -hmm. how different approaches and attitudes and beliefs about parenting shape feelings and decisions in different ways. Mm -hmm. I, I was just wondering, I mean, just just from what I've said so far, because I, I wrote Sabina a, a, an email with loads of questions, but I, I just wonder what what comes up in you so far i was just curious to see what your to hear what your more sort of immediate feelings and responses might be i just you know when somebody poses the the word consequences my brain interprets that as it's a punishment i think there's this real crossover between how people interpret that, a consequence and a punishment. I think many caregivers want to punish the child for a wrongdoing. I think culturally that that belief lies within. I think mm -hmm. um, our, our, our dear esteemed colleague, Tony Meehan, talks a lot about schools having that blanket mm -hmm of consequences yeah. and actually it's not a consequence it's a punishment a consequence sometimes is, is, a, is a is a natural thing it's a it's a it's a it's a result of a behavior that has been harmful that has harmed you or others and there's a feeling an emotional response to that consequences tend to be given in the form of a punishment. So if you do this, you will not go here. If if you do something bad, then you'll be locked up for an indefinite period of time. I think that, that that's so um, so much at the core of what I see here. And I, I was just thinking the other day I was speaking to a mother whose uh, child used the C word. And this mother just felt at that moment she couldn't remain sitting with her child. Mm -hmm. uh, they were, she was helping her child with homework or something like that. She just felt, you know, this is hurtful. This mm -hmm. is demeaning. And I don't want to be demeaned, but I also don't want to fight with you over it i don't want to escalate so she told her child um you know i'm i'm unhappy with what you've just said to me and i'm upset and uh i i i, I can't finish the homework with you 
at this point. That to me is is really a natural consequence because she is responding by honoring her feelings mm-hmm. without, you know, she's remaining nonviolent because she's not trying to control her child. She's mm-hmm. not uh, retaliating, but she's also not allowing herself to be the victim of that kind of verbal abuse by just simply sticking around. That to me is very different from someone saying, right, you've called me this and now I will put a consequence in place. And a consequence is that this week you don't get pocket money. Yeah, that's the yeah. consequence. And it, you're, as you said, that's a punishment. I'm, I'm doing something that aims to hurt the child to act as a deterrent, perhaps. But yeah, that'll, that'll learn you. That'll learn you. Maybe also a motivation, an understandable motivation is, hey, you know, <laughs> I, you know you've just made me suffer. I'm just going to make you suffer a little bit. Yeah. So that you know how it feels, you know. But actually, then we, we are moving out of nonviolence and towards violence. And, and, so, I mean, coming back to this to this situation in, you know, of Zabina's, our colleagues, the signal, what, what, is, the, what is the signal? What are they signaling? Are, are, are they signaling that they can put and will put consequences in place? Uh, is it signaling? What is the meaning? What do you want? What is the message you want to give when you send a signal? That's just it. What is the message you want to give? Mm. And and if we're working with clients, we're thinking about uh, being the parent that you want to be. What what response do you want to choose to have to to that behaviour? And how can you maintain your non-violent position to resist that harmful word or that harmful behaviour? Yeah, I think there's such a crossover between our systems you know I've been delivering training week on week off this year and constantly you know being in a in a room of of, of newly trained MVR practitioners and we we always end up having a discussion somewhere along the line with somebody in the group about consequences so where's the consequence you know so this child has harmed its parent there has to be a consequence in other words, what they're saying is there has to be a punishment. There has to be a punishment. So it, the consequence, there has to be a consequence. We must impose a consequence. Sounds very much like uh, a taken-for-granted paradigm of parenting. Yeah? yeah. Almost as if there's no, you know, there's no need to reflect upon that. You know, almost as if a consequence, if there has to be, if we have to impose a consequence, that that is as natural as the air we breathe. You as know, a given. As a given, an absolute mm. given. So, and, and a signal, perhaps, if, this, if the message that the signal is meant to convey if that message is we are prepared and able to impose consequences, to punish, um, 
then actually the signal is a threat, isn't it? And the punishment in the case of this young man or teenage boy, the punishment is exclusion. Yeah. And what, what he needs the most is to be included and yeah. accepted and a sense of belonging yeah. so that he can thrive yeah. and regulate. Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and you just said something about being the parent you want to be. And, and I was just putting myself in the shoes of, of a carer in the, in the team. Mm. And I was just thinking of the different forces that are pulling on me. Mm. So there's, there's perhaps, the, I, maybe I'm upset about my colleague. I, I don't even know, was the colleague uh, a man or woman? Was the colleague injured? I, I don't know that. Yeah, hypothetical. But just imagining, I'm upset about what was done to my colleague. Maybe I'm I'm worried for myself, for my own safety. Mm. Maybe part of me really rebels at victimhood. I don't want to be victimized by this kid. Mm. Um, maybe I also feel for the kid, and I. I get his needs. And then and then there's this thing about the wider organization and the culture that we, the non-violent resistance culture or the new authority culture that we are developing in our team. It's not appreciated by those higher up. They think we're somehow softies who, uh, or I think they think we're softies who kind of hop around um, on, on tippy toes, you know, um, mm. all touchy, touchy feely. And, and I don't want to be perceived as that. I want to be perceived. I want us to be perceived as a team that can, you know, that can, uh, come down hard on, on a young person. If needs be that, or maybe a team that can be decisive and, and maybe they don't think we can be strong. Mm -hmm. So all that kind of can make it difficult to really focus on what is the parent like that I want to be or the caregiver? What is the caregiver oh. like that I want to be in this specific situation? Mm, of course, all those contributions, we, we see it and hear about it in, in schools as well, you know, a lot of the teachers perhaps are already parents you know maybe these carers are parents mm. how would they want their own child to be treated should this have happened to their child and so those 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 kind of crossovers between the system they work within the, the person that they already are the parent that they might already be how they want to be perceived and and that that absolute it's a grind isn't it you have to go with your employees. You have to go with the system because that's your job and that's the umbrella of which you're you're working within. Um, and I think it takes a lot to step out of that and think and be creative of new ideas mm. and to receive a young person, you know, to you know to rebel against those sort of consequential punitive punishment responses. And how might it have been for that carer to say, "Hey, I, I don't agree with that." I don't agree with this lad being locked up. How how can we enable him to to calm down, to regulate, and to be brought back into this environment with with warmth and compassion? Well, and 
I guess if, if we think of it as a task or a challenge, uh -huh. then the challenge to me for the people in the team seems to be to reconcile their determination not to be victims and their moral position against violence, to reconcile that with their caring position and their wish to care for this young man and to support him in his need for belonging. Oh. Which, you know, because his sense of belonging is likely to be very, very uh, fragile. I mean, hearing you say all that, Peter, that it's such a no-brainer for me. It's just so obvious, the response of the caregivers to this young man and, and how they can formulate, uh, you know, a, a position of strength around this kid and bring him back into the unit. It's just so obvious. But to so many people working within those systems who are who do respond violently with violence, you know, the eye for an eye, the whole world to be blind. Yeah. yeah. Two wrongs don't make a right, as my mum always told me. Yeah, I think it's such a struggle. It's I mean, such a struggle. I, I wrote uh, an example from another residential service in my response to Sabina. Mm. And I told her what, in this particular service, colleagues had done under very similar circumstances. Mm. And in this service, there had been a young person who had very violently attacked a carer and actually injured the carer and the carer gave up uh, their job decided not to come back so mm. really serious mm. and one of the things they did was they all came to work in black yeah the carers came to work in black the carers in the other homes came to work in black the secretaries in the in the office of the organization and the teachers in the school that's associated and they didn't make a big thing of it they just all wore black and when this young person asked why are you all wearing black clothes they said because our colleague, we've lost a colleague, and we, we grieve. And the young person just sort of went, uh-huh. And after about a week, the young person themselves started coming to school in black. Something had happened there. And... I found, and, and they did other things as well in this case, but that was, that was the, what they felt was the most important and the most significant thing they'd done. And I guess we can recognize a different kind of strength in that. You know, it is not the, 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 the strength that arises from punishment. It's a different kind of strength. Mm. And I guess it connects with what in NVR we call presence. But I'm not sure how one would explain that and how 
people in this team would explain this to the senior management of their organization, how would they, how would they communicate to them that they can be strong in a different kind of way? Mm. I, it's just understanding the concept of parental strength, uh, carer strength, mm. and understanding that sometimes strength could be seen as power. Power comes with control, and therefore I must, must control the child, and mm. therefore that element of violence. But actually the strength that we're talking about is that, that agency, that depth, that that persistence, that that revisiting, that that patience, all of all of those things that come within that strength and how that can be communicated. I think people can grow that that strength. You know, I think once they're invited to that, people can grow that strength. I'm thinking of strength that comes because it was a demonstration, wasn't it? It was a ritual they created. Oh. And it was at the same time a demonstration. And it was a demonstration of the strength of feeling they had. Mm. So strength arising from showing and communicating the strength of feeling in a non-injurious way and still, you know, keeping the young person as we, part of we, mm. you know. And the young person actually reciprocated by becoming we by wearing black as well. I mean, I was I was astounded when I heard that. In a, but astounded in a real positive way. So I mean, maybe people in the team can focus on acting in a way that makes them the parents or the carers they want to be. Mm -hmm. And instead of acting towards the young person in a way that is a signal to the management that they are strong in the way the management perhaps expects them to be strong, that mm -hmm. they communicate directly with the management. If the culture of the organization were to allow that, mm -hmm that they communicate directly with the management about their own ideas of, of caregiver strength so that they're freed up to be the carers they want to be. Yeah, and it's a unified position, isn't it? That, that collective support network that, that's developed and thoughtful and planned it you know what happened in that residential home that you described was a protest but it was a peaceful protest and I think mm. there's such a crossover in systems and for other people's thinking that protests have got to be violent that responses need to be consequential which have to be punitive I think how how there's a big shift culturally that that, mm. that needs to happen and of course, if strength is supposed to come from power that is dominating power, mm. punitive power, how do you punish a young person who has been punished by life already so much? Exactly. You know, if, if, the, 
if the aim is to send a signal, we can hurt you, and we can hurt you by exclusion, so you better not do this again. This young man has been hurt so much, I assume, that it simply won't work. You know, it, and so it becomes meaningless almost. It is meaningless. Yeah. Well, uh, Sabina has asked to listen to the podcast. Hello, Sabina. <laughs> so, hi, Sabina. So we'll send Sabina the link later. Okie dokie. Okay. Okay. Do we need to summarize or does it, does our conversation just speak for itself? I, yeah, I think it does. I think it does speak for itself. I think anyone listening will make sense of it as well in their own, interpret it in, the, their, in their own way. So, yeah. So, I think we're done, Mr. Jacob. Okay, good. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Yes, goodbye from me too. <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.